Welcome into another episode of We're Talking. Tonight we're talking Raging Cajun football with Chris Lano. How are we doing, Chris? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing, my man? You know, I'm a little tired of being doing this whole uh, physical therapy since since surgery. And, man, that stuff wears you out, dude. Yeah, Especially how, how when you get old. How's that going? How's that going for you? Uh, it, I'm getting a lot stronger. So, uh, yeah, good. but I'm still pretty sore. So, but I had a long time. Uh, nobody wants to hear about that, but I had a little ways to go. So, but thank you. Uh, so let's talk football. Uh, obviously, uh, not what we want to see in Monroe, at least for the final store score. I know you had an opportunity to go and watch the game afterwards. And so what, what were your thoughts on Let's start out this way. Did you see it? Let's start out with the offense. Did you see a difference between the first half of the offense and the second half? I guess. Well, I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave with this and to kind of uh, emphasize what you brought up. Yes, I didn't really get to watch it live. Uh, I was on a date night with my wife here back in New Orleans. And it's something she really wanted to do. We had friends who came over in town. They stayed with us overnight on Friday night and uh, as well as Saturday night. So every now and then I got to peek the phone a little bit uh, at the dinner table at the restaurant, but a little bit frowned upon. My wife wanted to be with uh, with with the group of, of friends. So I understand understandably I, you know, I had to put it away and I knew eventually during the week at some point I was going to be able to rewatch the game and just kind of, you know, give my analysis with you of just what I thought. And honestly, Craig, you know, after watching it, you know, you asked me from a tale of two halves from the first half to the second half. Let me start with the quarterback play because I know that's one of the big question marks coming in. It's what a, a lot of people want to have answered. And, you know, from my take of it, just my analysis, just my through tunnel vision, based on what I saw for four straight quarters, if I'm going to give a letter grade to the quarterbacks, let's start with Chandler Field. I'm giving him an A. I really thought he played exceptional. And I thought he did everything he needed to do to win a football game. And I, by far, I thought going away was his best game of the season. And I think what's good about Chandler, uh, and we'll, we'll get to Ben a little bit later, but I think what's promising about Chandler is you're starting to see a, a, a little bit, uh, you see those learning curves start to take effect. And you start to see him progress each game as uh, the season goes along. And I really thought, his reads were well. I mean, we could talk about the Aaron throw in, in late in the fourth quarter. I think, you know, at that point, you're down four. You know, you're trying to make something happen. and uh, But th there was a lot that took place before that game that we shouldn't have even gotten to that point. And I thought Chandler did a lot for himself and as, uh, for the team to really solidify himself as a starting quarterback. And I think going into this week um, against South Alabama, I'd like to see him start, which we we all know that's going to happen. He is going to be the starter, but I want to see him go through with it. I want to see him come out every series until, um, you know, I, I, I just think he's earned that right after his last performance. You know, it, it's, uh, you know, he had to, he had, he was, he had to receive the brunt of a few bad drops uh, with John Stevens and another one with, um, with Michael Jefferson, a couple with Michael Jefferson, uh, and also one with Peter LeBlanc as well. But uh, Chandler was able to make up for it on the fourth down play and use his legs to prolong the drive. That happened late in the fourth. But I just feel like he has a good knack for the offense. I think the offense carried over from the last, from the last coaching staff. And I think he knows the playbook well. 
Um, now moving on to Ben, I, I think Ben, there are some things for him that he needs to get better with. I think uh, he's a little bit too indecisive from the pocket. You saw from last game, you know, he, he could be a better runner with the football, you know, because uh, let's, you know, he, I, I think he, he's a little bit faster. He's more athletic and he's just a bigger presence in the pocket, but you know, it, it's nothing against Ben. I, I just think Chandler really went uh, last game and just took the bull by the horns. And I think he is going to be the one. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if he stays in for the entirety of the next football game against South Alabama. Um, so go ahead if you want to touch. Uh, yeah, let, let me just ask you this, because uh, I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. But I, I don't think I, so, but I want you to put on your, your, your former player hat here. And, and this is not in particular to, to Ben and Chandler, but how different people talk about game speed, how, how, how different it is, how different is it from practicing even at what you would consider almost full speed at practice is game. Is that, is there a huge difference from what you do in practice to what you do in a game? Well, I think the big difference is, you know, during practice, you, you can go out and you can perform a play. You, you can go ahead and you can, um, it, you, 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 like, like, like I mentioned, you can go ahead and perform a play, uh, whether it be first down, second down, third down, fourth down. And then in between that, you can go and you can just kind of just rationalize with your coach one-on-one and just kind of break down what you saw. And, and I think in those instances, in, in game speed mentality, you know, in a real football game, you know, it, it's just you on that football field and you got to keep going. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. Uh, and I, I just think it's different on um, when it comes to game speed, not for the sense that just the overall, the actual speed, if we're going to use, you know, that those terms and take those terms into context. I, I just think that just your communication is different in game speed. It can be a lot different than on the, on the practice field. Uh, you just, you're, you have less communication with the coaches along the sidelines. And I just think, um, also, I believe that, you know, you could be a little bit more loose in practice because you can go ahead and make a mistake, but eventually it's not going to really cost you. You just move on to the next play. Whereas, you know, on the actual field on Saturdays, you know, every play has, you know, has consequences. And that's, that's I've always looked at it that way in a sense. So it's just different in that, in that sense. But, but Chandler, I think he's really picking it up. I think he's doing much better. And I think he's really um, gotten a hold of the offense. And uh, you can tell he's just much more comfortable. His his decision-making is much quicker in the pocket. I feel like, you know, the last game against Monroe, you see him do his uh, three-step drop back, uh, his three-step three three step drop, and then he make a decision. he know where to go with it. While at the same time, he's surveying the field. He's not just eyeing down one receiver. Now, whether that's by design or not to try to draw the safety or other players out of his out of his line of, of, of target, I, I don't know. I mean, that's but that, that's pretty savvy of if Chandler if that is the case. But you know, I, I really thought he did enough, and um, you know, you could just like like again, you know, just to, just to kind of reiterate, you know, he's he just looks so much more comfortable in the pocket, and that's why I brought that up because now that was game four, you know, and I'm not saying. He, 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 I, I just think he's gotten better each game is why I brought it up. And he looks more comfortable back there, in my opinion. 
he looks more comfortable and you also got to take into effect, you know, the biggest deficiency of this entire team, not just on offense, but just as a whole is the offensive line. And I've really decided to take a, um, just, I really wanted to put a strong emphasis when I got to rewatch the football game during the week, because like I said, like I mentioned, I didn't really get to watch it live on Saturday. So I did a lot of rewinding and I, I took a lot of time watching each member along that offensive line for almost every play. And I'm telling you, it, it's just, it's nothing like in years past. I mean, you go all the way back to my playing days that when I had uh, Kyle Pirtle, Brad Bustle, John DeCoster, Ian Burks, and we had a very formidable offensive line as well as Chris Fisher anchoring that line for four straight years at the center position. It's just nothing like that. It's nothing like that. And I think there's there's a lot of deficiencies along that left side. I think Nathan Thomas, the first year starter, he's struggling. He really is struggling. And uh, I'm hoping he can really get it together at that left tackle spot. It's such a pivotal position. You're guarding that blind side for both quarterbacks, that is, throwing uh, from the right-handed side. Um, I, I think David Hudson, you know, he, he tries hard. He, he gives you good effort, but, you know, his lack of physical ability where I think now defenses, they're starting to take um, a notice in just, you know, he as standing at six feet, 250 something pounds, you know, he just doesn't have the length and just the size to kind of match up against those big interior defensive linemen. And I think uh, from what you saw against Monroe, they're starting to do a lot of stunts in the middle of that offensive line because they understand where the deficiencies are. They understand where the inexperiences um, lies. And uh, that's not going to change. And I think what you got to do on this offense, you got to you got to pick a quarterback, and you got to you got to choose one who know, understands the offense that can drop three steps and get get rid of that ball in a matter of uh, two point eight seconds or or less. You know, and I think Chandler. That's why I give that now to Chandler as well. I think Bench is a little bit too indecisive. He holds the ball a little bit uh, too much, and uh, that's just uh, but that that's just the nature of it. That's just what this team has to deal with. Um, this offensive line, it, it's, it is what it is at this point. You know, we're 33% um, through this through this season. We're four games in, and I think at this point it's telling who they are. I mean, that is our identity right now. And I'll, I'll let you um, kind of uh, touch on that while I go let my dog inside she's scratching the door. Okay. Uh, you know, one of the things that I think, but you brought it up about the offensive line, uh, which I absolutely agree with you on there, uh, is, is, you know, I, I think we're missing a lot of key parts and I don't think people realize how that good that line has been, especially the last four years. But how do you, I guess, how do you take away, uh, how do you uh, take away the deficiency of the offensive line? So what do we have to do to make it less noticeable? We've had a hard time running the ball. The passing game, I think, has been uh, acceptable most of the time. I think, like you said, we we miss we made some drops, which is not the offensive line's fault that the, the receiver dropped the ball, no matter who it was. So, how do you get this team rolling, knowing that your offensive line is not what you would like it to be? Can well, I think you got to do a lot more disguised run plays, but through the passing game. You know, I'm just talking about a lot of. A lot of quick slants, a lot of little uh, in the routes, a lot of hitches, you know, a lot a lot of plays along the line of scrimmage where, in a sense, it is a passing play, but it's, it's almost like a disguised run play. Just kind of just use the arm of both Chandler and Ben uh, in the pocket because 
you, again, you're just not going to going to get those heavy pushes along this offensive line. Um, but but then again, you know, they have shown some ability to block well up front. Um, but can they do it on a consistent basis for four straight games? We'll, we'll see. But then again, I, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head. You know, it's too many drops along the wide receiver position. And I think this is a team. Well, I don't think. I think we all know at this point. This is a team that cannot overcome deficiencies like that. You got to make plays like that. When the ball hits you right in the hands, whether you got to die for it or not, or you got to extend your arms out a little bit, you have to make those plays because in years past, you know, we've had the talent level where you know, if, if we had an, if we had a holding call or a brutal personal foul penalty and it backed us up, we all knew we had the ability to overcome that just with the talent that we were able to possess on the football field. That's just not the case anymore. You got to play clean, free football. It just takes a lot of discipline on the field. And honestly, I'd like to see a little bit more life on the sidelines. Remember Craig, you know, w- w- with the Billy Napier uh, group, um, as far as with the strength and conditioning program, with the Tiger Jones and the Carmichael Dunbars and the Mark Hockey and all those guys, you, you would see them play after play, get energized. And they got really involved in the football game. Now, I'm not I'm not casting any aspersions on anybody we have right now. They're, they're doing a good job, but I'd like to see a little bit more of it. Get a little bit more life on that sidelines. Get these players involved. And I, I think everybody along that sideline has a role to play. And, um, you know, it, I, I, I would just like to see a little bit more energy uh, throughout the course of the game. And uh, I, I think that's something that that old group used to really bring game in and game out. And they did a really good job of it. They, they kept these players alive for four straight quarters and they kept them accountable, uh, especially when someone would make a mistake, come on the sidelines and you, you see somebody, you'll see one of those um, personnel members just kind of tap them on the head and the shoulders and just kind of pick them up and, you know, I, I think uh, as a unit, you know, we preach culture, culture, culture all the time. Well, we got to regain that culture that we've had. And I think, you know, that, that's still there. We can still grasp that. And, uh, you know, we got a lot we got a lot of season left to play. You know, no one's in the dumps right now. We're two and two. We're 0 and 1 in conference. You know, we can get right back up. Just think about if we go ahead and win this football game, just the life we have going into the a week and a half against Marshall. You know, it just almost feels like this team can get rejuvenated regardless of what happened against both Bryce and Monroe. You know, you come out here at home on homecoming, you win this football game against South Alabama, and the story, you know, it it flips. You know, you flip the script. And I just think there's such a huge opportunity that lies ahead, and uh, I believe in this team. I think we can get it done. Before we start talking about South Alabama, let's go back to two things you said that I think that are very important. A, penalties whether it be on the offense that has killed drives uh, or b on the defense that has allowed the other team to extend drives on a fourth and five uh, 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 no a third third and four in jumping off sides and then allowing the, the first down but in the culture to me those are two very important things that are intertwined because the culture here was we didn't make those types of a mistakes you know we didn't have the personal fouls we didn't have you know uh, the late hits we were very disciplined along the defensive line and i get it some of those things are are, are very uh tolerable if you're playing very aggressive football and you're saying okay yeah i jumped off here but you go out and you bust the next play whether it be a tackle for a loss or a quarterback sack 
you know, but I don't think that team is there yet and cannot afford to make mistakes. So um, how do you, how do you, that's one thing I I need to look at. And I'm going to take a deeper dive in this next week while the Cajuns are off, I'll be able to look at it in whole. And now, and now five games into the season and you're, you're nearly halfway through the season, you'll be able to see some trends. And I'll look at the Sun Belt as a whole and see how we compare penalty wise and things like that. And, you know, just, I I guess I'm going a long way to say is how do you fix those mistakes without take, without taking away the aggressiveness of a team? Well, well, I'll tell you what, you know, this, this team traveled to Houston, they lost against Rice. And nobody thought it was the end of the world. In a lot of sense, some people just took a, a gas of air and, and to where you knew we were going to lose at some point. You won 15 straight games, and you didn't expect it to happen to Rice. You, nobody did. You know, I think more people were looking along the lines of Marshall probably on that Wednesday matchup uh, coming ahead. Um, but it happened. And it, it, it was a little bit of a wake-up call, but – you didn't feel like you had your backs against the wall. In this case, you, you go out to Monroe where you go to a, a Malone Stadium where you haven't lost since 2004. I think now this team kind of feels the pressure to where their backs are now against the wall. And I think something different happened along this week. I, I don't have any proof of this. I'm just kind of speculating. But if I know Mike the way I do, I think he changed things up on practice this week. I think at some point, whether in the team meeting room or on the practice field before they were – button heads and getting ready for this Saturday. I think at some point you had to come to Jesus moment. And I think you really had a talk, you know, you got, you got, you gathered everybody as one and you just kind of, he sat everybody down. And I just really think, you know, you just had that moment as a team and that's something he probably uh, emphasized with the unit as far as getting that culture back and what it meant this, these last four years. And it's just still believing that it's still there. And don't change your style of play. Continue to be aggressive, but you just got to be smarter. You got and you got to be smarter, not only in between the whistles, but after the whistles. A lot of too too much chippiness going on. And I think Michael, it's you know Michael is a rookie head coach, but also if you look at the staff, none of these guys, not one member along this entire staff, including Michael himself, has been a coordinator. Nobody's called plays before. So it's been a learning curve for everybody. And I think they're, they're, I think everyone from Coach Munoz to Coach Mike, Will Lamar, everyone going down, I think they've all kind of learned something uh, each week as far as being a little bit more involved than they have been in years past as, as a coach from a different role. And I, I think their, their approach is a little bit different. And I think Michael, in a sense, I, I think he's going to be a little bit more aggressive as a coach. He's going to get more in the ears of these players whenever they make a mistake. And just because I think what's important for, for Mike and, and I, I, I kind of talked about this with a personal friend of mine who's very close to the program. I think there's a respectable fear that Mike needs to get with these young kids. And I don't think I saw that in the first several weeks. I think why I don't know. I just, I just don't know, but that comes with time. And I think the way Mike approaches a few things, you know, after plays uh, as far as how some kids handle a little bit of chippiness with the opposing uh, players or these uncalled 
personal fouls that they may commit during the plays. You know, Mike needs to get a little bit more involved and just impose his will a little bit on some of these players. And they need to understand he is a head coach and he's not going to tolerate this. And I, I want to see Mike do that a little bit more than as far as his aggressive approach, because we, we've all seen Billy Napier in years past. And he'll pull you to the side and he'll have a one on one talk with you with cameras right on the situation. You know, you couldn't hide from it. And uh, I, I think Mike, you know, I don't blame him for that. And he's a rookie coach. He's kind of learning the way uh, as time goes. But I really think not only as players, those who are, you know, a lot like Chandler Fields, you know, he struggled a little bit as a starting quarterback, but he's getting better. Same applies to Mike and Lamar and all those guys. I think they're getting better as coaches. And I think with that, you're going to start to see that culture really start to kick in as games go along. Well, let's go back again to something you said um, about, um, and I just lost my train of thought looking at something else. Uh, you're listening to We're Talking with Craig Malasa and Chris Lano, uh, former Cajun, former, no, n- never former Cajun. I hate that. Well, I guess former Cajun football player. There you go. I, I, I hate when Tim Buckley and Kevin Foote used to use ex-Cajun. They're not an ex-Cajun. You know? You're never an ex-Cajun. So no, it, it runs through our veins, man. It's there to stay. Um, I, I forgot. Where, I got all confused. I got to start taking notes on what you say because you're going so fast and you're so smart that I'm just sitting <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> yes, I'm sucking up to the guests. Shut up and leave me alone. So uh, let's take a quick break, and I want to come back and talk to you about a few things still with this last game and then look ahead to South. Oh, I know what it was. You mentioned the, the ULM game and, and, and after Rice that it wasn't the end of the world, but we played ULM. As fans, as fans, do you think the fans would have been different if it would if we would have this past weekend instead of playing ULM, we would have played South Alabama and lost. Do you think that they would have looked at it different? Because when we play ULM, our, our fans think we should beat them in everything. Would it have been different if we would have lost to South Alabama and then come back this week and beat ULM? Do you think it, you think things would have been, I guess, less, less um, tension? Tension. Yeah. That's a great word. I was going to. You know. I think I think without question, because despite what type of football field, what, what, what type of team you put on the football field that represents Acadian and it represents the city, represents the town. Um, I, I think the one I, I, I guess the that one red pill that you never want to swallow is losing to those guys up north, because, you know, the common theme is, and we've been saying this for so many years, how, how do they even recruit up there? How do they even get players? How is this team, how is this program not an FCS program? So I think, you know, in that sense, when you lose to Monroe, you know, you may sense that, that things are bad going in, but it's almost like, you know, just a hurricane. I hate to use that analogy because of what's going on right now in Fort Myers. God bless, God bless those folks. But it's like just a hurricane came by and just swooped everything you've owned and just you're just completely demolished. And I, I just 
you know, you, you never want to lose uh, to that team up north. You know, for the simple, you know, you haven't lost up there since 2004. So that's just not something that these fans are used to. And, you know, you, you make jokes all year long. You're the little brother. And, uh, you, you know, you got a lot of nicknames as far as, um, you know, fun row or whatever uh, types of slang you might want to use towards that town. And let me tell you, it's, it's just it's not a very appealing town to go visit uh, to watch a football game if you want to drive all the way there from down here. So, you know, especially from New Orleans, you know, I, I can't imagine ever making that trip. You know, as much as, as a diehard that I am, it's just – I feel I've always felt like I got better things to do. I just never want to step foot in that area again. And I remember when I played, we had trains that woke us up in the middle of the night based off the motel that we stayed in. It's just not even, there's no place to even stay that's formidable, that, that, that's even uh, just worthy. So when you lose the Monroe, I, I just think it's a different animal. It, it tells a different story. And I think our players, not players, the players don't feel this way. I think our fans, and I'm just speaking for fans yep. in particular, I think they feel embarrassed in a sense because it happened. I don't feel that way. I've lost the Monroe, I think, two of the four times when I played them, uh, when, when I put on a uniform. And they, were, and they had some good teams. They had some good teams throughout the years. And I, and I think Terry Bowden's a very respectable coach. I, I just feel like, you know, this team, they're just still trying to find some identity. They're trying to rediscover themselves. And it's just a lot to overcome from last year. And I just think uh, it surprised a lot of people, you know, based off the Rice performance. They're just coming out against Southeastern. I think people, you know, the the, the, the proof is right there in the pudding as far as just what kind of talent level we were going to come out with the, uh, week in and week out. And, you know, it, it's just not the same. It, it, you know, we, we suffered an offseason unlike any other in Division One football. But uh, we're going to be better for it, from it. And uh, But to answer your question, it, it is different. It, it, no question it's different. But like I said in the earlier segment, you got a chance to rewrite that script. And it's just you couldn't lay a, just a, a bigger opportunity for this team. And, you know, I heard Jay Walker say something on the radio earlier uh, uh, this week, and I think he made a good point, and I, I, I'm kind of in agreement with him. That's scary. Uh, it's very it's terrifying. And you, know, you look back when this team played South Alabama a year ago on the road, and it came down to a 30-something-plus field goal to lose the football game. And eventually the Cajun defense stopped them. You know, the very next week against App State on a weekday game, we played our best game of the season and just we won by four plus touchdowns. You know, I, I think I think this team is going to play their best game of the season uh, coming up on Saturday. Will it be enough? I, if they played their best game, I think it will be enough. I do. I really do think it will be enough. Um, and I think um, I, I, I just think, you know, you got a lot of guys on that in that locker room right now, there's a lot of pride that's, that still stands with them and no question about it. And, and um, you know, I, I'm looking for, I'll be there. I'm going to leave Saturday morning from my home in New Orleans to drive up there. I'm looking forward to it. And I expect big things to come. You know, and, I, and I'm not criticizing fans for feeling that way about the loss because I absolutely uh, understand it. And to a certain extent agree with it, that we shouldn't, that we shouldn't, but at the same time, uh, you know, it, it's Thursday night while we're recording this, so it's it's time to move on to the next game. But before we do that and before we take a break, I want to talk to you about one more thing. This time the team was on the field five more minutes than ULM was. And a lot of that had to do with, for two reasons. Uh, two big plays by ULM that gave them their two of their touchdowns. But, you know, the, the one that I'm looking at that is really disheartening, 
heartingly is that uh, ULM fumbles the ball. We get the ball. We move. We, we have the ball for seven minutes, 16 plays, 66 yards, but we get absolutely nothing out of it. You know, that those are the types of drives that if you're going to do that, and I'm not saying it would be better to go three and out and have the ball for 20, 23 seconds. But you know what I mean? Those are the play. Those are the drives that we need to learn to sustain as a team and to move the ball down and, and get some points out of it. Well, I think Mike, um, I think he learned from his mistakes as a coach in, from week one against Southeastern when he had a chance to take the points right before the half concluded against Southeastern. You remember that deep yep. in the red zone? He decided to go for it. You know, that's that's fine. You want to go for it. But, you know, you have a young quarterback still learning his ways, uh, inexperienced there. And I, I think that's something he really wanted to take back. And I think that may have came to mind against Monroe when it was fourth and short. You take the points. Just unfortunately, it's a bad snap. And, and look, th those are very, you know, it, it, it just I, I can't really give you the word for it, just the kind of plays those are. But that's something that just doesn't that doesn't sustain throughout a season. You know, it, it's correctable and it happened. It, you know, it's a nightmare and it happened. You know, you don't get nightmares every night. And unfortunately, it just happened at a bad time. And we're talking about a 10 point uh, swing right there. You get you go in, you get three points and that could be the ball game. Yeah, you know, it's in the second half and it could really put a dagger. It makes you a three possession game going in. Uh, I, I believe it might have been a three possession game at that point, but it just it just changes the entire um, discourse from that point forward. And you know, not to mention you had a drop touchdown pass. I think it was from John Stevens right before that. It was either Jefferson or Stevens. They look like clones out there. I can never remember. Yeah. But you know, it, and it was a good thrown ball, kind of a back shoulder throw by Chandler, and it hit him right in the money. And you. you got to just you you, you got to finish those plays you know uh, it's just you know it, it was very disheartening to see and, and very discouraging in a sense but you know you gave that game away but you know I, I'm ready to I'm ready to flip the page and I'm just ready to move on well let's take a quick break we'll come back and talk a little bit about the defense and what, what and uh talk about the defense and what we want to see next week or this weekend in the defense and talk a little bit about South Alabama. You're listening to we're talking with Craig Malasa and Chris Lano, former raging Cajun football player, former analyst on the radio, former analyst on the TV, former analyst on Scott Prather's show. So we'll be right back after this brief timeout. Welcome back in. We're talking Craig Malasa and Chris Lano tonight. Hey, Chris, uh, just to wrap this up, kind of where on the defensive side of the ball, uh, the most disappointing thing, obviously, was, uh, was the two big plays. And we can say if you take those out, they don't score. But at the same time, we don't know what would have happened. And, and, and you know, it's like the game that we lost to uh, Washington State 77-7. You know, yeah, if they don't get a punt return for a touchdown, if they don't get a long pass for a touchdown, if they don't get a kickoff return for a touchdown, if they don't have four long running plays for a touchdown, yeah, the game's 21 to 7. We look respectable. But the fact is they got those plays and they get an opportunity to score as well. 
what does the, the defense need to do different? I guess I really don't think they don't need they don't need to do much different. I, I, I thought again they played well. You know, despite the big plays, and the big plays really came in the second half. And let me tell you something, Craig, as a former player, I, I'm speaking just directly from experience on this. It, they call the special teams sudden change or or, or game changing the game changing unit base or whatever you want to define it as. And that is because when a play when a play basically transpires is the ones that we saw with the bad with, with, with the botch snap on the field goal and the bad snap uh, where it went over the Reese Burns head, whether whose fault it was, you know, regardless of the matter, it was, you know, it got by Reese Burns and it put him in the red zone. Those are deflating plays. And when you're young, it's just mentally, it's just so hard to overcome you know, you, you want to go out there with that dog mentality. I'm going to get that stop. And I think for the most part, they do a they do a decent job, solid job with that. But it's just – it takes a special type of athlete to overcome those plays. I don't think we have that quite yet because we're so young. And, again, it's, we may never see another bad snap again for the rest of the season. And if that's the case, then you just don't have to worry about something like that to just – or you have to overcome. But I, I think that that played a big role in the way the defense played down the stretch. In my opinion, I'm not trying to make any excuses. I'm just kind of speaking through experience the way I felt and others felt. Um, you know, I've, I've been, I've been on that sidelines. I've seen stuff like that, crazy stuff like that happen before. And it's just, you know, it, it's very deflating. And, you know, I, I think the one play you can really look back at is, is the, is the crossing route where the, the receiver catches the ball. It was a short pattern, you know, short dump pass and just kind of runs by the defense. Uh, I'm not sure if there was a zone error along that play, but you know, that that's something that can be easily correctable. It, 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 you know, it's just, it's just something, it's just one of those plays that credit to Monroe, you know, they, they practice all week, you know, they've got some good players too, and they made the play and they made the play when it needed to happen. But I still believe this defense is scrappy. I really do. I think I still think they move well towards the ball. And I think, uh, you know, one player I like to kind of call out because, and I'm, I'm going to say a name that we don't, we're not familiar with in years past. You know, we all know about the Andre Jones. We know about the Zion Hill Greens. We know about the Quibbles. We know about the Eric Garris of Trey Amos. You know, I think I like this Jordan Lawson kid. You know, I, I still think he, there's a lot for him to learn from that defensive end position, but uh, or outside linebacker, you want you ever want to whatever you want to define him as. But you know, he's a talented young freshman, and I think he he's got a lot of promise for him in the years to come. And I think he's starting to make some plays for this defense. And I think uh, Lamar Morgan really likes him a lot. You know, he's a big physical presence. You know, you look at him on the sideline, he really stands out. That's just somebody I, I just kind of wanted to, to, to uh, make notice of, you know, because a lot of these players we're seeing right now are fifth-year players. It's a lot of the same guys. And, you know, but that's somebody new I kind of wanted to bring to the fold uh, for Cajun fans that were listening in. You know, kind of keep an eye out on him. I think he's a promising young player. But uh, defensively, I think Lamar, you know, he, he's doing a solid job with this unit. I think they're playing well as 11. The thing is, there's not one guy that really stands out on this defense. They play well as a whole. And I think that has to continue because we don't really have a, a true, really standout player. Now, Zion Hill's a good player, but, you know, we cut his snaps down a little bit. You know, we're trying to keep him healthy for, for a 12-game uh, span. I think Andre Jones, if you want to try to point somebody out that can really be that true playmaker, you know, he's done well. He's got a few sacks uh, so far this season. 
you know, I, I think the talent is there. Wiser has really stepped up from that interior defensive line front. You know, he's been a great pickup um, for, for this defense. And uh, with the corners and Garrett and Amos, you know, they got to continue to pick it up uh, to help out these safeties and these linebackers. You know, that linebacker group, you know, that was one of my big question marks coming in. But overall, they've done a fairly nice job. Um, I, I, I just think as, as when we start to see this offense gel, and keep the ball a little bit longer, sustain drives this deep, it's going to help improve this defense. And I think uh, you saw Absolutely. that game. And, you know, you, you just got to try to minimize those big plays. A few of them happen. And, and really, you know, the big punt uh, that put them in, in the red zone, you, know, you can't blame that on the defense. And that's just sudden change like that. That's just hard to overcome. It's tough to overcome. So uh, I understand that. But, uh, you know, overall, you know, another – great weapon that we don't really talk about. I consider him a defensive player is Reese Burns. Yeah. You know, you still got him. And if you can just get the ball in his hands, the playing, you know, he's going to do his job. So, you know, I, I think there's still, I, I think this team could carry you. I, I really do. Again, you know, you look at the other side when we talked about in the earlier segments along that offensive line and, and, and the quarterback position and the receivers too, you know, they, they got to step up and start making plays for the quarterbacks you know, as long as they pick up their game and they start to kind of discover themselves, I think defensively that just it all intertwines. You know, I think they will continue to get better as well as a unit. All right. So what what I I just I really like I, I do like the defensive side of the ball. I think there are some names, uh, Casey Osai that we, you know, in the past that we didn't really hear has been all over the uh, field, I think. Jordan Quibido and Cam Badesco have play, played outstanding. The defense has played outstanding. I think sometimes they get a bad rap on some of it. And I think where you see those passes over the middle, I don't know the defensive scheme, whether it was supposed to be a zone, whether it was supposed to be, you know, the different thing. But but that's where we were kind of, I won't say questionable, but a little bit unknown was the linebacker position. And that's where those balls have been thrown that have been open. And that's because of either a lack of depth or, or lack of playing time in the past to get those reps in. Am I wrong there? No, you're not wrong. I, I think that's been the, 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 just the tale of the first four games. And you, know, you can look at social media and everyone's kind of harping on that, that zone in the middle of the field and in between the hashes, you know, because it's been a reoccurring uh, thing that's happened uh, over and over and over again. And, you know, I, 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 again, I'm not going to pretend like I know, Craig. I'm, I don't really yeah. pay attention to the zones or the schemes. You know, I'm just kind of looking more as a fan. When I watch the games now, I try to enjoy myself. Uh, so, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't have those answers. But, you know, I, I just I, – I do think that, you know, this defense, you know, they, they've done their part for the most part of four games. I really do believe that. And I think uh, even against Rice – I thought they did a solid job, and they made some big plays on that front. And I, I, I when I when I mentioned how they're scrappy, you know, they're ball hawks. You know, they like to cut in front. They like to take chances, and um, and not only do they take chances. You know, I think when they're a threat every time when they get close to that football, they're going to score. And we've shown that. You know, this team just <laughs> they like to get involved in that scoreboard. And that's always good to have on the defensive side of football. All right, Chris. Lastly, uh, um, what what do you want to see the offense do? Uh, different this week? Well, you know, I, I really would like to see, you know, 
I, I really, honestly, I, I know it's been a talk of the week. You know, we, we've heard our friend mention this on the radio, just kind of went off a little bit about that. And I respect his opinion. I respect everybody's opinion on the matter. But I, I think this is Chandler's team. I, I think this is Chandler Fields' team. Now, you, you know, this is what I like about your show. It's called We're Talking because, Craig, you and I, we're just talking. We're two guys just having a conversation right now. You know, we're invested into the program. You know, we, we, we do our, I like to think that you and I, we both do our parts. You a lot more than my, myself, <laughs> but uh, we're just having a conversation. And this conversation I'm having with you right now, you know, for everyone else to hear, I, I think, I think Chandler has just done enough at this point. I like to see him take the offense and I'd like for him to be told during the week, this is your, this is your team. You got this, go take it. And I don't want to try to create any doubt in his mind for that. I don't want him to kind of think in the pocket for two for two series where he knows he's going in and I got to get something done because I'm going to get taken out in that third series. You know, I want to see that momentum keep going. I do. I really do. I believe in that. And I believe this is, again, it's just my opinion on the matter. Okay. It's my opinion. I believe when you took Taylor out after two series, when he went ahead and he did, you know, he maximized the results as a quarterback. He went in and scored both times. I think in some sense that kind of creates a little bit of doubt when you take him out, especially a young quarterback. And I'd like to see him continue that. And I think the players, they, they want to continue seeing him do that too as well. And I think uh, if anything were to happen, I think you've got a good, formidable quarterback in bed who's gotten his experience, or at least enough of experience at this point. I think that might have been the game plan going in. Um, now, I think Mike obviously and the rest of this team was hoping to be 4-0 at this point. But you want to try to have the other quarterback get some time in, get some experience in to keep something worthy to happen to Chandler later down the road. So we'll see what happens. I think Mike is smart to kind of keep that close to the chest and don't make any kind of announcements. But I, I'm just hoping at some point during this week as they're preparing, you know, he had this conversation with, with, with Chandler, just let him know that, you know, this is your, this is your unit go ahead and, and get it done for us. And because um, he's very much capable of it. He proved that to me. He won me over after last week. And I just want to see his supporting cast just kind of step up for him and just make the plays down the field that I know he's capable of making. And uh, offensively, you know, something that we didn't really talk about or I didn't talk about early on, I want to see a little bit more life along that offensive line. I want to see a little bit more effort. And uh, I think that, that was kind of disappointing again I'm going, to, I'm going to mention it again. There was too many moments where I kept rewinding and I watched each person individually, each play. I want to see that effort be picked up. I want to see that intensity be picked up uh, with, with a few of those guys. I'm not going to name anybody in particular. I just know as a whole, they could be a lot better. And I think they, they owe it to this team. They owe it to this, uh, to everybody else. Um Who's, who's strapping it up for them and just wants to win for them as much as everyone else does, you know, just you know, go in and just give your heart out and just kind of play for, for these guys and play for these quarterbacks, play for these running backs. You know, it's just, it's a beautiful opportunity you have to line up on Saturday. Yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty nice atmosphere. There's, there's people that I know that are going to the game that haven't been to the game in years. So that that's a good sign. I think people are excited about it. I think the fans are hungry. I think the players are starving. And, um, you know, I, I, I just I just want to see us clicking on all cylinders. Well, thanks, Chris. Uh, but before we go, a couple uh, things. Just uh, I know it's late on Thursday night, but happy birthday to Coach Desimo or DeSormo. I'm sorry. That's today. Uh, it's, it, today is his birthday. And right. um, 
lastly, just uh, I, I said on another show, but a shout out to Georgia Southern and their administration there allowing the trucks for uh, hurricane relief, electrical trucks to be stationed at their stadium. So once the storm moves out of the way that they're allowed to in, get in and do their jobs. So, uh, you know, right. as uh, uh, what happened with your house and everything. So uh, I, I know you would appreciate that too. So absolutely. Well, you've been listening. We're talking tonight, Craig Melanson and Chris Lano. We'll talk to you next week. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.